how some COVID deaths could have been avoided. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. So far, dredging and 14 tugboats have barely been able to budge the giant container ship stuck in the Suez Canal. On Sunday, March 28th, the president of Egypt, Abdel Fattah al-Sisi, ordered that preparations be made to unload the cargo from the Japanese-owned ever given so it could be refloated while other efforts continued. There is no timetable for when the vessel might be freed, but an official of the Canal Authority was still hopeful that dredging would work without having to lighten the ship by removing its containers. While the traffic jam of ships waiting to get through has grown to over 300, some companies are sending their vessels around the Cape of Good Hope on the southern tip of Africa. A journey from the Suez Canal to Rotterdam in the Netherlands, Europe's largest port, typically takes about 11 days, but going around Africa adds at least 26 more. The other option is sitting at the canal entrances and waiting for the jam to clear, which could cost the ship owner as much as $30,000 per day. The best chance to dislodge the ship may be Monday, March 29th, when a spring tide will raise the canal's water level by up to about 18 inches. During the next few weeks, people who are delinquent in their water bills in states like New York, Michigan, and Pennsylvania could face being cut off as moratoriums on disconnections are set to expire. This could result in more people dying from COVID-19. A new study from Cornell University and Food and Water Watch looked at shutoff policies and concluded that more than 9,000 deaths might have been avoided if water utilities had not cut off service to overdue accounts. The new research shows almost half a million infections could have been prevented if service had not been halted. After the pandemic began, hundreds of localities and states took action to suspend service shutoffs to assure water for hand washing and sanitation, but many did not. After many months, some temporary bans expired and cutoffs resumed. None of the roughly $1 billion in new stimulus funds allocated for water assistance has reached Americans in need nearly three months after Congress authorized the money. The Biden administration has resisted calls for a national moratorium on water and electricity shutoffs. As Food and Water Watch writes, the pandemic has exposed and exacerbated the water affordability crisis in the United States, which disproportionately affects low-income households and communities of color. It's been tricky to develop a durable and biodegradable plastic made out of material other than fossil fuels. However, researchers at Yale University and the University of Maryland say they have come up with a process using wood byproducts that results in a bioplastic that is strong and can hold water. The scientists used a wood powder in lumber mill waste to make a mixture which can be molded and rolled without breaking. The bioplastic has numerous applications. It can be used to make bags and packaging and has potential for use in automobile manufacturing. The scientists studied the environmental impacts of their bioplastic and found that after burying them, they were completely degraded after three months. The researchers are aware that using wood in large-scale production could have implications on forests and climate change, and they're working with ecologists. Another recent innovation with wood is using it to purify water, especially in places where contained 
contamination is a problem. Engineers at MIT have developed filters using sapwood branches that can remove bacteria, viruses, and other pathogens from tap and groundwater. The filters are made from xylem of trees like pine and ginkgo. Xylem tissue draws water up through the trunk and branches and acts as a natural sieve. The team tested a prototype in India using a branch cross-section from a native tree. A user pours water into a receptacle and it flows through the wooden disc and out through a spout. It cleans water at a rate of one liter per hour. The xylem filter can be swapped out either daily or weekly depending on a household's needs. The researchers say the filters are inexpensive and can be made locally and they're exploring options to make them at a larger scale. And finally, if you happen to live in Scotland's Shetland Islands, you could be among the first in the world to fill your car's tank using the ocean. A company called Nova Innovation has installed the first ever electric vehicle charging station where the power comes only from tidal energy. Off the Shetland island of Yell, four undersea turbines are generating energy in a way similar to wind turbines, and they've been providing electricity to homes and businesses there for over five years. The tidal ebb and flow repeats every six hours, with a short gap in between as the tide turns and changes direction. Scotland has banned the sale of new gas or diesel-powered cars by 2032, and the government funded the project to help meet that goal. Although tidal energy has a long way to go to catch up to wind and solar, it does have several advantages, one being that it's predictable. Tides roll in and out like clockwork. Also, a tidal turbine can produce more electricity than a wind turbine of the same size because water is denser than air. There are downsides. Installing tidal arrays is expensive and the impact on marine environments is not well studied. Also, they will require battery storage because peak generation will not always match peak demand. One big concern for people considering buying EVs is range anxiety. How far the cars can go before needing a charge. For those living near the newly installed station on Yell, it probably won't be an issue. The island is only about 83 square miles. That's it for this week in water. We'll see you next time. Beep, 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 yeah.